Hello, this is Kid Bandit, the protagonist of pro wrestling, and you're listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling with Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday. And interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Wednesday on YouTube and Cashbacks, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, that guy, James J., alongside the leader of Squad Squad, Caligo Yards. I usually have something nice to say, or something dumb, but I'm speechless. So I just say, the trees that make reach the highest heavens, go through the depths of hell. Take that however you want. We're getting a philosophical click of life. Uh, the American Scooter Dust. <laughs> and our very special guest from the Great Yardy Podcast, the Jamaican sensation, Drew. What's going on, people? Thanks for having me once again. It's great to have you back on, Drew. And uh, it was a great uh, week for us as uh, I interviewed Kid Bandit last week. Um, incredible chat with an incredible person. You definitely would want to go back into the archives and uh, check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, this upcoming uh, Wednesday, we got the Queen of Charisma herself, Big Juicy. I can't believe it took us this long to actually get Big Juicy on the show. Um, and it's definitely a memorable one. No, Scooter? Well, it was definitely big. It was definitely juicy. Therefore, it was really and don't take our word for it. Here's a little, uh, a little clip of that interview right now. I suppose we should uh, maybe start with the obvious. Exp- uh, could you please explain Juicy Fuel to us? Oh, that's a good one. I haven't gotten asked that question yet. Um, Juicy Fuel, you know. I was given the name Big Juicy, and you know, kind of think, kind of think of Juicy Fuel, kind of like Popeye with his spinach, right? Ooh, okay. You know, okay. he's getting beat down, beat down. He get he pops open that can of spinach, and oh my God, he can kick anyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so Juicy Fuel is uh, what Popeye uses his spinach fuel spinach for. Juicy Fuel is for me, if that makes sense. It makes now, sense. Yes, it, it, it absolutely does. All right. And we got the Marcio James uh, the week after that. I believe that's uh, the 23rd. And you uh, should definitely check that as well. Um, of course, uh, all uh, interview information is on our Twitter, at Wrestling with E. And uh, it was a great day for wrestling. Um, and a great day if your name was Ron Breaker, because on Monday he made his uh, WWE Raw debut. Um, of course, it was just to maybe promote what was going to happen on Wednesday, on Tuesday. 
Um, but it's still a significant thing when an NXT superstar makes it to the main roster. No, Kalika? Well, considering what happened the next night, sounds like it might be a lot sooner. That, that he might, you might see him a lot more often than what you're accustomed to, because it's very rare you see people on there as the champion unless you're planning on them being on the main roster. Prime example: Kevin Owens was on as NXT champ, and next thing you know, main roster. So it's all within the 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 plan, as they say. What about you, Scooter? How do you feel about that? Well, considering the rumor is they want to bring him up um, to Raw I, as soon as possible, leaves the, uh, without a doubt, that we'll see Braun much sooner rather than later. What say you, Drew? I agree with what all you guys are saying. I think... Him coming up to the main roster, I think he's one of um, Vince's projects from this new um, version of NXT. So, yeah, bringing him up, it could be a little too soon, but who knows? I mean, he's only been really wrestling for, like, legitimately for, what, six months at that? Um, Maybe this is maybe too premature? To bring up uh, a guy that green, Coleco? Well, in essence, I could make the argument, A, he's probably been in developmental longer than that. And then I'm thinking, B, he's a, he's a Steiner. So it's not like he's, you know what I mean? Yeah. He got an inside track on it, a la Charlotte Flair. You know what I mean? He's been around the business. He knows people in the business. Fuck, his dad's Rick Steiner, cried out loud. So... I mean, that lends more credibility and more benefit of the doubt than someone like, I don't know, Grayson Whaler or, you know what I mean? Waller. Waller. You knew who the hell I meant. Whaler, Waller, that guy. I still don't know what you're talking about. The guy who who AJ Styles fought on NXT. I mean, if you yeah. wrestle AJ Styles on NXT in the woods, does anybody see Yes! It? Yes, people see it. <laughs> well, Wrong time to ask that question. <laughs> well, that begs the, uh, the question. Did Dolph Ziggler winning the NXT title matter or mean anything, Drew? No. I just think it's a way to heat up Dolph Ziggler because he's been hella cold for the last, I'd say, like, three years. Like, he has great matches. He's a great, a very good worker. But I just think character-wise, they have nothing for him on the main main roster. So they just throw him back in the NXT and put the title on him. Maybe, maybe try to give the NXT title some kind of, like, shine instead of having it on a guy that's only been in the business for six months. So, it is what it is. But, does it kind of devalue 
the title to a degree, considering Dolph Ziggler's been wrestling longer than NXT was an actual thing. Whoever wants to answer that? Uh, depends, because you want to know why? Because usually when you get WWE main roster people fucking with the NXT people, you usually think it's an automatic win for the NXT person. But for the first time, they actually followed the script, and somebody of Dolph Ziggler's caliber should be winning a match like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Because it, it wouldn't make sense to put him in a match just to lose. If you're trying to make it seem like making being a main roster guy is a big deal. Well, I mean, um, Gonzalo went back down to NXT, and he maybe only lost like three matches the whole long way. That's true, but it also showed that being the main roster person and going back, you could ask, you know what I'm saying? It shows, it shows the growth, right? Because if you go back there and just to lose a bunch, what's the point of being on the main roster? You might as well just stay in NXT, right? Yeah. Right. Finn went back to be part of NXT. Not just to, you know, for, you know, not for a cup of coffee. Yeah, because he felt more comfortable in NXT anyway. And plus, Dolph's a former heavyweight champion. Why wouldn't he be? You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that made more sense if he had a one. Because Champa, what what's, what is the reign going to do for him? Because he's going on the main roster. Breaker main at this roster. point is going, huh? He's on the main roster. That's my point. He's there. Breaker's on the way. Uh, and uh, and of last night, Pete Dunne is on the roster, on the main roster. But oh, yep. <laughs> but oh god, we have a we have another name fiasco here. Yeah, you teamed up with Sheamus and uh, and Rich Holland. Oh no! And they've given him the nickname, or I don't, I, I don't think they've actually just renamed him this because why would you? But Pete Dunne is now known somewhat as Butch. He doesn't look like a butch. <laughs> he looks like a bitch. Did he look like a bitch? Yeah. Um, I wanted to jump back into the whole NXT thing. The way that you guys are explaining it, it's like if you look at Major League Baseball being called up from from AAA. It's like you guys are saying these guys going back down. It's like, or it's like this in a sense to me how it sounds. It's like it's discrediting NXT more than it's even helping the person that's on the main roster. It's like NXT is this developmental or this like minor league system where guys can come back and like pretty much re reinvigor their whole career for being on the main roster, even though they look like crap on the main roster for, for many years, like look at Finn Balor injuries and poor booking and same with Dolph Ziggler. And they just go back to the minor leagues and they look like they're major stars again. I, I just, I just don't see the point of guys that are on the main roster that have been on the main roster consistently 
for many years and have done stuff like Dolph Ziggler, going back to the developmental doesn't really help the developmental. It just helps the individual. And with this whole name change or name name changing or calling people different names on the main roster, I hope if Braun Breaker is going to the main roster, just change his name to like he chose it though. He chose oh. Braun. Yep. Oh God. Like of all names to choose, this is like the worst thing you could ever do, but it is what it is at the end of the day. I mean he could be in his books. Uh, but going back to that, NXT now is more akin to an independent promotion, and, and it's a, it's an indie uh, at this point, where the occasional big name star shows up, and and you know and 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 works a program for a set amount of time. It also evokes the style of the old NWA when you know the the you know the uh, the what do they call it the board of champions would get lent out to NWA territories. It that that's what it is uh, for the most part. And Essentially, Smoky Mountain Wrestling to WWF. That that's actually I th- that's actually I think a better um maybe even the maybe even the USWA. Uh, I mean, at one point, Undertaker did a shot for Smoky Mountain against the Christmas creature or whatever his name was at that time, but essentially Kane. I remember. So. So um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it's just about you know giving. NXT, you know, that, that little bit more of credibility, you know, the, the potential of a slight jump in viewership and, you know, getting an interesting story out of it. Because now you have this main roster guy who... As of as of now, on the current roster, I believe is the longest the longest reigning tenured superstar as of now. Uh, you know, being time. yeah, being over seventeen years, and now he's got that prize that all the NXT roster is wanting. It, it's almost even akin to, you know, a really tall guy picking on a midget and just being like, hey, try and get it, try and get it, try and get it. And no matter what, they can't, they can't get it. But eventually, one of those midgets will realize to headbutt him in the nuts and get it. What's well, your point? You know, obviously, as as fans, I could equate Ziggler to X Pac. I mean, good worker, but you know, why is he still there? But um, having him down in NXT, I don't want to say it gives credibility to the belt because I really don't think it does. 
But to actually have matches with these young green guys and kind of take them under his wing and kind of mentor them into having, you know, good to decent matches, um, I can understand where that's something beneficial to that roster right now to have him on the top to kind of teach them. What's a uh, YouTube? Oh, I agree with that. I just, I just look at it like maybe with this whole new rollout of NXT and the color changes and everything like that. It it's personally, I I really don't tune into NXT anymore. I just feel like it's kind of like the same people doing the same thing over and over again, thinking there's going to be a different result. And maybe putting the title on Ziggler will heat up Ziggler, number one, for a main roster push. And also, it kind of introduces some of the the guys that, that are down in NXT to the people that may not watch NXT on a regular basis, like myself, that Oh, I don't know that guy, but oh, I know Dolph Ziggler's down there, so maybe I'll check it out. But at the end of the day, I just think, to to be honest with you, maybe I'm just not a fan of Dolph Ziggler anymore. I just think he's been there too long. I think he needs a change of scenery. I think, and maybe NXT is 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 his change of scenery, and maybe this will heat him up to do a, a program with somebody that of relevance on the main roster going forward. After he drops the NXT title. But I, I, I see Drew's point, but I also look at it like this. A, he's a, like we just said, he's the longest tenured dude. So, A, who would be more WWE style as far as teaching him other than him and Kofi Kingston and The Miz? Like, right? Yep. Um, two... Him being the champ, that means whoever the I think it's more important who for whoever beats Dolph for the championship will be more made than Dolph because that's the that's the catch, right? Yeah. Because beating Braun Braun for the belt, it's like okay, he was green. He gets the benefit of the doubt. Well, he just got there, right? Right. So the next person that beats Dolph will be. A, a very credible person because even though we think Dolph is not a not the guy he was in 0809 but his his accolades is what's made him right so that that's the part that I'm thinking of and then with NXT it was always supposed to be developmental and and for some odd reason, it by them signing bigger people and bigger names and letting them do their style, I can understand why NXT kind of got away from the developmental part. Because we'll sit there and complain about, oh, gee, they're not making new stars, but yet they're signing all these indie dudes, and we're expecting the indie dudes to be the indie dudes on WWE, when actuality, they're going to be nothing, nowhere near what they were in the indie scene. It's like we're expecting them to be Tim Tebow from Florida when they get to the NFL, and it's a whole different game, right? Right. Yeah. 
So that part to me, I can see why. And and that's Vince's way, for better or for worse, of him taking the people, molding them in the image that he wants them to be, which is more entertainers and wrestlers. Because we could say Daniel Bryan is a hell of a wrestler, Cesaro's a hell of a wrestler, but it's entertainer. Prime example. Better wrestler, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, between Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, and The Rock, you would say Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, hands down, right? Yeah. yeah. But the better entertainer was The Rock. And that's what they're going for. We are uh, going on to another subject. Uh, WWE may no longer be a part of uh, 2K uh, games. Um, apparently, uh, WWE 2K22 maybe didn't do as well as they had expected it to, and they may be thinking about going to greener pastures. Uh, me and Scooter maybe had a conversation about this um, early in the week, and um, maybe a possibility of them going to EA. Uh, you was against that, right, Scooter? Yes, and EA games for anybody that yes, knows. yes. Uh, but the reviews on the game are all positive. They are. It, it is. It is finally a. It, it, it is a good game. It is reminiscent of, you know, you know the early PS2 SmackDown games and everything. It, it, it's fun. Uh, if EA publishes, you get their hands on the license. Uh, do we all not? Uh, do we all remember WCW Mayhem? Um, that was on um, uh, not uh, Nintendo sixty four. And and PlayStation. Oh really? Yep. Yeah, it was I, on both. I think I have the Nintendo sixty four version. Uh, Nintendo sixty four version. And that was not. Yeah, it was not a good game, of course. The industry's, uh, you know, increased by leaps and bounds. If EA gets their hands on the license, we're going to end up with microtransactions throughout, you know, to, to hell and back. Yes, there are microtransactions uh, in 2K22. They aren't required for anything. You don't act, you don't need to. They're optional, uh, and and it's for primarily a mode that doesn't yet have an online component. So the with if EA gets the license. I would see it only being a money thing and the quality of games would be terrible. Quite honestly, 
if they're if they're gonna sell the license to any other company, I say give it to Epic. What? And let them, and let them make something out of the Unreal Engine. But doesn't I think um, Epic only makes Fortnite at this point? I don't remember them making a game for the last like. Uh, no, they make they make other they make other games. They they purchased other they bought games outright to publish like Fall Guys and Rocket League. Uh, they're but as a development company, they have developed the Unreal Engine, which is used in everything from video games to uh, card. Car displays in the latest modern cars, movies. Uh, it's even being used in the classroom. Like that's how. Like that's that's the possibility of that, especially since the Un- Unreal Engine version five has been released, and there was a demo demonstrating it for next generation hardware. Uh, revolving around The Matrix back when The Matrix Resurrections was first released on HBO Max. And it broke down the entire engine from start to finish. It was clean, it was crisp, and if they could turn, you know, something like that, if they could get something... Basically, if anyone else could do it justice, it would it would be epic and the un and the Unreal Engine. Coleco, uh, anything you want to add to that? I mean, just take it back to the Coleco vision. Now I'm just joking, just joking, just joking. Uh, <laughs> But it, it's kind of weird because EA, when you think of EA, you only think of Madden, and you only think of Madden because of Madden. So if if this was EA 0405, I can see your point in going to EA, but 2K, when, when you think 2K, it's just like, man, it's universally known at this point because NBA 2K. Um. I think the year off kind of hurt it because of the fact it was just a bad reputation. I didn't think people were just going to, because especially how bad 2020 was, they took the year off and came back. You expect people to come back, you know, towing in the waters. You know, it's kind of like when the Note 8 blew up and then the Note 9 came back and everybody was like, "Ah, let me double check. You know what I mean? And I think that's the phase. So I think personally, I would say hold out wait till people, you know, actually play the game, review the game, and go from there. Because to me, when it comes to 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 naming, 2K is hands down top three when you think of gaming in a sense of, like, yearly releases and not having to deal with, like, seasonals. Because, like, it's it's 2K and Madden and maybe FIFA or those weirdos that play Tiger Woods. I don't know, but 
do you have uh, an opinion on this, Drew? I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quick. I totally agree with what um, Scooter saying. If EA gets a, uh, their hands on this license, it, they're going to, sh- excuse my French, shit all over this game. They're, because we've seen over the years, if you're an NHL person, you're, you're if you like NHL, you're, you're stuck to playing EA. You're, you like Madden, you're stuck to playing EA. You like even... Soccer, you're stuck to playing EA, and all those g- three games I mentioned have huge, huge, huge microtransactions. So, as a fan, you can't just pick up the game and just play the game and enjoy the game for what it is. If you want certain things, you gotta pay for it, and that's what, honestly, to me, that's what's killing and hurting EA's bottom line, and that's why a lot of people are kind of turning away from those games. Also agree with what Scooter was saying too with this whole if Epic got our hands on it. Maybe the year off with 2K helped it in a sense because they, they were able to work out the kinks and see what their issues were because 2020 was a horrible game. And may, to me, if they're going to sell the license, sell the license to somebody that's actually going to take care of the game and actually make a game for for um, fans to enjoy, and marketing-wise, stick if you're if you're not gonna sell a license, stick to 2K because everybody knows 2K. Who and the people that know 2K honestly play 2K games like NBA 2K, and it's a as a marketing thing. Just keep just keep it to 2K. But if you're going to sell it, sell it to somebody that's actually going to give two shits about the game and not just try to make micro transactions so they can make a bag of money off of people. Well, you know, I could equate this um, this scenario into what kind of happened with Assassin's Creed back in I kind of I don't remember what year it was, but uh, Unit. <coughs> When Unity came out, it was a horrible game. There was a lot of bugs. It was not ready to come out. And then the very next year, they came out with uh, Syndicate, which was an awesome game that was really a quality game. But nobody bought it because they still had uh, a bad taste in them now because of Unity. But out of it, we got Origins... um, uh, I can't remember the other one that came after that one, Origins. Uh, but we got more of an open world, a different type of game than what we were used to playing in the Assassin's Creed universe. But what, what I'm getting to at this is that if it doesn't stay, if it does stay with 2K or it does go somewhere else, Something needs to change in the game to get people excited about it again. Because I I haven't played a WWE game since 18. I mean, I had 19. I didn't play it at all. So I kind of feel like they need to kind of invigorate the casual player that wants to relive the Attitude Era again. Or have WrestleMania do every match that was ever take place at WrestleMania, or something like that, like we had in the THQ days. But, uh, that's just my opinion. Alright, um, let's 
talk, get on to another subject. Um, Kevin Owens challenged Stone Cold. Um, I want to say to a match, but it was kind of like a match on Monday Night Raw. Austin responded, he will be at Mania at least night one. Scooter, is this a match? Is this a KO show? Is this just a beating on KO? I believe as of right now, uh, this is a match. Um... Austin responded uh, on SmackDown saying he was lacing up his boots to open up one more can of whoop-ass. He's been working on his cardio. Um, uh, It could... It it might be... he, he, He has been really... Austin has really been trying to get in shape. They want it to be more than just, you know, stun and done. Um, you know, it, it, I think, I think they're, they're kind of winging it at this point, seeing how Austin is for, you know, before WrestleMania, if he'll be cleared to actually have a match, uh, we know there's, it's going to be at least a, at least a fight sequence, um, but the, there's the possibility, no, not pre-recorded, uh, but there's the possibility of, the KO show segment happening on night one, and then the actual match happening on night two. Uh, you know, I could see them bringing out you know, JBL and Shawn Michaels and Booker T. You know, all, all the guys Owens mentioned, you know, and and them doing something similar to, you know, uh, Vince and Brett at 27. 26. Where, 26, 26, my bad. Uh, where, you know, Austin doesn't do the uh, turn of the beating and still... Yeah, and still comes out looking like he did something. What's your opinion on it, Drew? And should Austin actually have another match? No. No. I, I, I'm i just like, I know you're trying to sell WrestleMania. And we talked about this earlier, about the whole them not building new stars, you're going to bring back a guy that his last match was 19 years ago. If it's a match, I don't really care. If it's a KO segment, it's something to kill time 
on WrestleMania night one. If it's if it's building to a match on night two, I, I, I don't care. Like Austin should just come out and do what he normally does. Stun and and I like what um Scooter called it stun and done. That that's cool. Maybe that's a t-shirt coming up on Pro Wrestling Tees. But um he, um that's what he should do. It should be a KO show. Owens ran his mouth. Those guys come out, like you said, the, the Texas boys come out because they're all from Texas. And then they beat up on Owens, they stun him, they he takes all their finishers and he leaves them laying and pops some beers and gets on the turnbuckle and flips the bird and bobs your uncle. That's what it should be. I don't need to see a match with Stone Cold and and Kevin Owens, even though they have like a long history because I guess they they kept showing some picture of Owens and and Austin when Owens was younger and and this that and the third. It's like if if Austin was cleared, I would say end of twenty twenty one, and we knew that he was he was physically able to do a match and maybe he came into the Rumble or something like that that built towards this towards a match. Then I'd be excited for it. Where it's just a guy calling out a guy and then another guy jumps on social media to say, yeah, I'm coming to, and says his catchphrases. It's it's kind of ridiculous to me, and, and I don't want to see it. And I'll probably go out and roll myself a spliff when that's happening during WrestleMania night one or night two. Yeah. Kalika, <laughs> you want to finish this off? Damn, so many conflicting views on Austin. Damn, man. Y'all were like, what the hell, bro? But uh, as a person who was there at 32 when Austin came out, it it means something in Texas. It, and I think that's what it is. It's and, and I get everything that Drew was saying, but <laughs> this is a reason to get the casuals out, right? Because think about it, Taker Taker's going into the the Hall of Fame, so he's going to be at Mania when they induct the class. Austin's going to be out there, so he's going to be, and it's just a. I get what you're saying, Drew, but it's more to get the casual eyes there, and and by getting the casual eyes, you can try to see if you can hook them in into afterwards, right? Because this is probably the biggest audience. And let's just face it, when it comes to wrestling, WrestleMania is probably the biggest audience that that wrestling's ever going to have, right? Yes. So, so they're just doing that to try to get those people to, you know, hook them in and, and go from there. Because watch, next year is going to be rock in LA. Yes. So... I mean, that, that's the only way to get them to hook in. It's, and it's kind of a tie-in. Tie into the past, into the present, so you can see the future, right? Well, I absolutely see the point. But, uh, I, oh, I, I think, I honestly think that, uh, they saw the response to Punk and MJF, 
And Owens and Austin is their attempt to catapult on something similar, having somebody who's been gone for a really long time go up against one of the current high-profile stars of today. That's interesting take. That being said, uh, it's rumored that Seth Rollins is supposed to wrestle Cody at WrestleMania if uh, a deal is made in time. Uh, do you see that being a big match? And if Cody isn't there in time, what do you see Seth Rollins going through? It would be a big match because Cody Rhodes is like one of the founding fathers of AEW and him leaving that promotion to go back to the WWE and plus the amount of work he's done since leaving the WWE to put himself over as one of the top stars in professional wrestling, that would WrestleMania. Um, do I see it happening or... You ask, what, if that doesn't happen, what would Seth Rollins be doing? Right. Probably being in the corner of Becky Lynch in the main event uh, <laughs> of, of night one or of night one with her match with um, Bianca Belair. Because I don't see him in a program with anybody if that program doesn't come to WrestleMania. Who else is there for him to face? I mean, nobody really of significance, honestly. Significance to him, anyway. Same, uh, same question, uh, Scootal. I think we lost James. Oh, I'm here. Hello? Yep. Oh, no! I'm just... Can you I'm hear me? Hello? You're here. You're here. Uh, so, Scootal, um... If not Cody, who does Seth Rollins wrestle? Uh... I th- I can, and I was reading about this. I Cody will not be there in time uh, for Mania. I can I can say that with eighty five percent certainty. Um, as for if Seth. Uh, doesn't have a match. Have a match? You know what? Put put him in with uh, you know, put him put him with Owens, uh, and then uh, Austin. But you put Rollins in Owens' corner. Yeah, or Drew's idea better. <laughs> put him in Bucky's corner. And then you're gonna have fans complaining about Seth being emasculated. Well, he doesn't complain about it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, his opinion doesn't mean dick here. <laughs> um, <laughs> in all honesty, it doesn't. Um, I mean, 
Rawlings. Can't think of anybody. I mean, now if you if you're gonna do it, maybe you you can work up a quick program with Kofi. What? I mean, Kofi's not a bad competitor, but why Kofi? Because he's one of the few people that uh, could that doesn't have a match at Mania that could get a decent match out of Seth Rollins. Because if we're not go- if we're not tuning in for the story, we're tuning in for the match. It seems like Finn Balor is going the way of Damian Priest, right? Yes, uh, and I I called that a long time ago. Demon versus Priest, it writes itself. No. Fuck no. You know what? <laughs> Give Seth Rollins. Tell. Say it's a mystery opponent, and have and have Cena on standby. I think Cena already said he wasn't going to be there. Well, I mean, that would have been a great match. I feel like Seth is cursed in Texas, because he didn't make the last Texas show either. That's right, too. Ooh, Due to injury. Maybe they'll get Sting. Well, what about you, Kaliko? Do you think there's anybody worth uh Rollins' time at Mania? I mean, I just pray to God they don't put him in the Andre the Memorial Battle Royal. Which is a good possibility. <laughs> Which is the most seedless possibility right now, because he probably will win the bitch. Right. Um, unless they pull Okada out their ass, I don't see everybody, I don't see a lot of, um, I don't see anyone on that roster as far as the eye could see that Seth, that's the problem, because Seth has wrestled everybody. Well, Unless HBK just pops out of his ass. You know what I mean? Like, right. it has to be somebody he never seen before. I mean, he's down at NXT. That's a possibility. I mean, Seth Taker? I don't know. No. Uh, Seth Ciampa. Ooh, Seth Ciampa. That could work. Like Seth Gargano could work. Yeah, except Gargano's not coming back. Yeah. I know, but I'm just... Hold on, folks. Dreamers can dream, right? But Gargano did create his, his own graphic uh, based on the uh, the Veer Mahan thing. It says, Quill Gargano coming to Raw soon. <laughs> Now, um, on another subject, John Cena is producing a new show called Peacock for WWE about evil. (laughs) Not that evil. I didn't even know that it was, uh, I didn't even know he knew who New Japan Pro Wrestler Evil was. Let alone make a documentary about the bastard. Uh, James. Ugh. Are you sure you don't have kids, James? Because that was a terrible dad joke. 
Not that I know of. Well, uh, it should be interesting to look into the, the life of evil, the House of Panthers. Yes. I mean, Torchal. Uh, and uh, WWE's first produce, uh, production with New Japan. So it's all good there, right? It's not about New Japan, James. It's about heels. Um, about Zeus? James, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> Did he oh, say Zeus? It's bad guys. The Stephen Amell show. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But I feel like that's a conflict of interest. Arrow? Yeah, heels. Oh. But I feel like that's a conflict God, of interest. God damn it, James. Interest because CM Punk's on there and he's AE. Hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this dead horse out of here. Uh, uh, they might as well. They might as well just call this. Uh, <laughs> WWE presents kayfabe is dead. Well, at least it's not about Yoshihashi. And what's your thoughts on Yoshihashi, Kaleka? Fuck Yoshihashi. That's what it is. There you go. But uh, and to somebody we don't care about, to somebody we do. Vader finally inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Coleco, start us off, because I know you've been wanting this for the past, what, five years at least? Yeah, that dude should have been in before he died. Because I, I met him, like, it's crazy. I met him, like, right when the announcement, he was like, he only had, like, months to live. Right. And and I thought that would have been it. And that was Dallas. Jesus Christ. Go figure. Comes full fucking circle. Um so for for me that dude WWE didn't do him justice, but WCW did him great justice because the one thing Vader was in the South was this big badass monster motherfucker that look like if he hits you you're dead and and that to me was was awesome and cool that dude man my dad used to love vader like my dad loved vader like yeah black dudes running around yelling it's vader ah! it, 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 and he he should have been in while he was alive. And that's my only regret with it, is that he's not in while he's alive. I'm glad that they're doing Sid Vicious. It feels like it's going to be a big guy's Hall of Fame. Taker, Vader, Sid. Well, and... uh, wait, did you, did, you hear, did you see that Sid is being inducted? Yeah, that's the rumor. Sid's next. Um, uh, honestly, I was hearing before... Anything else that was only going to be Taker. Well, um, to me, I, I always said this. I think that after SmackDown, and I'll figure this out, I'm thinking he's going to be a speech amongst himself. Well, and, I mean, he's dead, so. 
No, I'm talking about uh, Taker. My points exactly. <laughs> okay. So, damn. Fuck it, Fuck it, Um, but <laughs> oh god, Jesus. Uh, but that's what I would think because I don't think they're gonna hold people there all night with a Hall of Fame and then expect them to be there at noon for takeover. So. But but at back to Vader, man, he was deserving years ago, and that was before the WWE. WWE didn't do him justice, but new, his New Japan work, his Mid South work, his WCW work definitely uh, grants him this honor. And to be quite honest, I kind of feel like it matters, but it don't matter because he's probably in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame before he gets the WWE Hall of Fame, but. That's a whole other topic for another day. But congrats uh, to Vader. I saw Vader's last WWE match in uh, in it was, was it August of August of ninety eight. August of 98, the house show in Nassau Coliseum, a triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship with him, Ken Shamrock, and Mankind. That's definitely a banger right there. What, uh, what say you, Drew, about, um, this long-awaited, um... Like Coleco was saying, man, this guy should have got his flowers from a long time. It's just sad that he's not here to, to like see it, yeah, and enjoy it with the fans. Like Coleco hit everything on the head with his work in WCW. That's where I saw him, and that guy is one of the best big men in the history of this business. And that's that's sometimes that's what pisses me off with the WWE Hall of Fame. If these are these are guys and girls that like even Miss Elizabeth is not in the in the Hall of Fame. No. That's somebody that transcends eras and they're not in the Hall of Fame? Like the, the, that that's 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 what's sad. And it takes people like not being with us anymore for us to say, well, you know what? Now they deserve the flowers, but it's, it's, it's a happy day, but then it's like a little too late to be honest with you. Well, g- given that the other rumor is, uh, is Luger, hmm. uh, uh, going in. Um, I could see why, they might not want to induct Miss Elizabeth one for the circumstances and how she died, not how she lived. So you can't compare her with China and what China did throughout and, and, and Sunny as well. It, that's how they lived, not how they died. Um, but 
at the same time, and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, aside from one memorable speech in WCW and two memorable moments in the WWE, I'm sorry, three, we'll call it three, four significant moments throughout her entire career as a manager. Other than that, Elizabeth didn't do much. I feel like that's so not true, and that's, that's definitely another topic for another uh, time, because she was the right hand of fucking Randy Savage. I mean, you don't see Randy Savage without Miss Elizabeth yeah. right there. So, yeah, you she mean she was getting Randy's right hand. But she didn't have to do anything but be beside him to be over. And that was the whole thing with Miss Elizabeth. That, 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 that's my point. Look, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying the reason why I brought up Miss Elizabeth, it's, it's talking about people that were relevant in the era who should have went in together. Maybe not her by herself, but when Randy and her were both alive, they should have went in together as wrestler and manager, like a team that goes in together. Yes, you're right. Miss Elizabeth really didn't do much. When she was in the WWE, she had, you're right, it's three moments, in, in especially in the WWE. She only had, like, three moments. The what? The wedding, beating up, um... Uh, it's WrestleMania 7. 7. And then... Uh, SummerSlam. And SummerSlam. She had, like, a cup of coffee, but as what James is saying, I totally agree with that. That, yes, you didn't see... Randy without Liz. So together they should have went in. Even if you do it now and put them in together as a team, that would be great. But it's just for me, the WWE Hall of Fame is so hokey. It does it's I don't really view it as a real Hall of Fame. I, I just think it's just this whole thing where they're celebrating their past at the wrong time. There's certain times you can celebrate your past when like yes, when if there was an era that you wanted to put in a bunch of guys, yeah, it should have been in the eighties era. It should have been Liz, Macho Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, all those guys that were uber over. That people that didn't really watch professional wrestling in the eighties knew who the hell they were. But now you're just putting in guys. It's like, oh, you know what? Let's put in Vader because he's no longer with us. Uh, yeah, he did some great stuff. While he was in WWE and WCW, and we'll put him in, and we'll put in Davy Boy Smith, and we'll put in Lex Luger, and let's give them their flowers about what they've done as a job. If you are like, if you're working at a place, and over your career, you are the person that has zero incidents throughout your whole career. There should be some type of plaque in your warehouse that says your name on it that says this guy went 40 years or 20 years as a career 
in our business with no incidents. That like that's how you celebrate people. Not when they're no longer with us. That's why the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't mean shit. But something like that inherently implies that oh, this guy doesn't cause this guy didn't cause any incidents, but there are others that do. And that's something the WWE will never admit. That's very true. I mean, I do, but I do understand what Drew is getting at because if the way that they do it is very random, and that has been an, a problem with the Hall of Fame for many, many years. Coco, and uh, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's another conversation for now. <laughs> But but think about it. The last person that got in and got their flowers like right as they were living, and then just went on to went on yonder was Warrior. So you would have thought when that happened, they would have made it like their duty to ensure that people got recognized before they freaking went on to the. You know what I mean? They would have learned their lesson. Lesson. They would have exactly. learned their lesson from that one, from that incident with Warrior. That weekend, he 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 did everything to wrap up his career was so perfect, and then, boof, he's no longer with us. Yeah. You should have learned. You know what? Let's jump on the phone and not let call Coco be where to be in the Hall of Fame. Why would why is Coco be where in the Hall of Fame? What? No. Yeah, he had a funny gimmick. He walked around with a bird, but he wasn't impactful. But uh, you're right; they didn't learn anything from the Warrior incident, and that's why we're now getting guys like, "Oh, let's put Luger in because Luger is getting a little. He's getting very long in the tooth, and we don't know how long, much longer he got. So let's put him in. Let's put like the only one that makes sense, and they did it right was the Undertaker. His his career's over. He's retired. He's the only one that right now that makes sense. Let's give him his flowers right now. That makes sense. What? Everybody else, it's just this random pick of the draw. It's like they just draw names out of a hat and say, here, this guy's going in the Hall of Fame. This girl's going in the Hall of Fame. Let's put this, let's put this faction in the Hall of Fame. Like it 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 that's why. I just feel I don't even watch the Hall of Fame to be honest with you, and it's it's just a piece of sh it's a, it's a shit show. They don't learn anything, and if you want it to be a legit Hall of Fame about your history, I'm not saying you have to build a damn museum in Stanford to show memorabilia and plaques and all that kind of stuff. But if it's something that you want the fans to celebrate with these guys and girls that have meant something to a lot of people in their career. Then do it smartly, not this bogus BS crap. And we just choose—I uh, don't mean to bash on his name—but we just choose Coco Beware to be in the Hall of Fame because we need a warm body that has done something in our industry. Well, my issue, and you're right with that. The only, the whole point of that, the beef that I have with the Hall of Fame is that they try to make it seem like they try to put an emphasis on people that are living. And that's where it griped me. Because I'm like, there's so many motherfuckers that were living that you could have did this years ago. Right. And that's my point. Because they're like, oh, well, we don't want that many people that are post-humorous in the Hall of Fame. Awesome. But yet, 
You know what I mean. But you don't want, you know, you don't want to wait till, like, because you, you don't want it to be where it's a celebration of dead people, but yet they're putting people in after they died. And that's what throws me off, like, right after they died or some shit like that. And in, in, in truth, Vader should have gone in the year following Hansen. Because Vader inducted Stan Hansen. That was not 2005. No, Hansen was in 2000. Actually, no. Stan Hansen was a few few years ago when Vader was still with us. Yeah. And Hansen should have inducted Vader the following year. Wasn't that 32? I believe so. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which pisses me even more off. That's what I'm saying. Like, Vader was kicking at 32. I met the motherfucker, which threw me off. Like, why didn't they just give it to him then? Uh, 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 once again, big congratulations to Vader. Uh, obviously, rest in peace. And um, we'll uh, conclude the news for now. Oh, a quick word from our sponsors. Rogue Energy, the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit your task at hand, whether it be juices, shakes, smoothies, and everything else in between. Their low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. Their extreme formula provides the most energy, focus, and sports performance possible. Their hydration line offers focus, ingredients without the added caffeine. Drink it anytime. You're thirsty. And their shake formula is so delicious. Who doesn't love a cookies and cream, zero-calorie energy milkshake? First and foremost, they've designed every Rogue product line with performance and effectiveness in mind. It is critical that you look at the nutrition panels of drinks when comparing options. There are countless off-brands out there that are presenting low-quality, poorly-dosed formulas that amount to expensive caffeine water. Every formula they produce is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients. Additionally, you won't find a powdered gaming drink brand that dissolves better. No need to have chalky textures in your drink. Their taste profiles are unmatched, specifically designed for gamers, athletes, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules, individuals with low energy, podcasters who can't shut up, people who are health conscious, and so much more. Great as both a pre-workout and as a coffee energy drink replacement. Specifically designed every Rogue product line to be the best gaming drink on the planet. Rogue energy, more energy, more focus, more wins. Use promo code WRESTLINGE for 10% off your next purchase. And we are wrestling with AEW Revolution. It took place March 6th, uh, 2022. Uh, it was in Orlando, Florida at the Edison Financial Arena. And, um, yeah. We are, I guess I'll go first when it comes to this event. I mean, it wasn't a bad show. Everything was pretty much good. I just felt like there was maybe a little too much, um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, Gaga. 
for the sake of Gaga. Other than that, I actually enjoyed this though. What say you, Drew? Um, AEW with their pay-per-views have been knocking it out of the park in in my opinion. So I enjoyed this show very much. I think the build of every match was done perfectly well. It got you emotionally invested in the show. And yeah, the, to me, the show was was a good show to watch and, and take in if you were a wrestling fan. And it brought you back to what you really enjoyed about wrestling, the feuds, the storylines, and what happens inside the squared circle. Uh, Scooter? It was it, it was a it was a good show. Uh top to bottom. Uh some things going a little long, but it it it, it was solid. Well compared to last year's shit, this shit blew it out the water. <laughs> That's what I look at. I, I compare what their pay-per-view was for this card this year versus last year. And this year is miles better than what it was last year. So, give them props. Let's get into it. The first match on the main card, uh, Eddie Kingston defeated Chris Jericho by submission in 13 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, honestly, that match... Uh, did not seem like it was. It went thirteen minutes. It was a, but it was definitely a solid opener that got definitely people off their feet and wanting to see this match. So I was all for this and getting you know Eddie a legitimate win against the big star. Uh, what say you, um, Scooter? I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, it. It it was a decent opener for 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 two guys that are you know up there in age. What's the uh, YouTube? Yeah, it was a decent opener for guys that are in my one guy's around my age and the other guy's like a little bit older than way a little bit older than I am. But yeah, it was a decent opener. And like I said before, um. The build to these matches, especially this one, you you got emotionally invested because of um, the promo work of Eddie Kingston, the promo work of um, Chris Jericho. And then when we got into the in-ring stuff, yeah, it didn't feel like it was 13 minutes long, but it did what it needed to do within the 13 minutes. Yes. And uh, Kalika? Ditto every what everyone else said, and plus it was a good start because the crowd is going to automatically sing Jericho, therefore getting casual fans to be like, "Holy shit, it's a big deal!" Because the crowd was into it. It was a good crowd feeder match. Scooter, how many stars do you rate this match? I would I would give it three and a half. Drew. Same. Calico. Three and a half. Yep. I'll give it four. All right. We got Jurassic Express uh, defeating uh, Reed Dragon and the Young Bucks in a three-way tag team match for the um, uh, 
AEW World Tag Team Championship in 18 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, I thought this match went a little too long for my taste, and it felt like the champions, Jurassic Express, were just the backdrop for the bigger picture and the bigger story with Redragon and the Middle-Aged Bucks. But, uh, what say you, Gudo? Middle-Aged Bucks, Red Dragon. Um, it's Redragon. Yeah, fine, if you want to tell them that, fine. I'll, uh, I'll arrange your funeral. Uh, this match of the night. M- match of the night, hands down. Uh, uh, so what if there might have been more focus on the the, the Bucks and, and Red Dragon? Uh, it was, it was still an incredible match that from a, from an outside perspective, Jurassic Express shouldn't have won. And yet they did. And I think Jurassic Express is the is the, I think they are the quintessential example of what AEW can be. What say you, Drew? I agree with what Scooter's saying 100%. This was the match of the night. Um, everybody in the in the match, especially Red Dragon. Young Bucks, we know what they're going to do. And it also put a big shine on the tag team champions. Because if you're a, a casual watcher of AEW and you saw um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and they're your tag champions, they, this match helped elevate them and helped elevate that that championship as well. Me, I agree with everyone saying, but I think the right team won. And the reason I say that is because the Bucks have had that belt forever. So them having the belt is not really going to help. It's going to help them in their stock, but it's not really going to help the tag team division. And to me... Jurassic Express, it proved that they belonged as a tag team, right? So that was that was the point. It proved that they belonged as a tag team, and now they're going to have this, this murderer's row of teams that are either just forming or teams that are already solid. So it helps them prove their mettle. You know what I mean? And that's that. That's a good tone setter for their reign because you don't want them to get the Big E treatment. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, how many stars would you give this match? Uh, I would. I would. I would give it. Um, put four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. 
Who? Yeah, about four and a quarter. Same. Coleco. Four. We're doing stars now? <laughs> uh, I give it three stars. Damn, right. harsh. Yeah, I. You guys, I feel like the reason that the 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 spotlight wasn't on Jurassic Express was because they wasn't the biggest stars in the match, and they kind of got overshined by you know We Dragon and uh, the Bucks. But again, that's my opinion. But uh. Best of the Revolution Ladder Match for a future AEW TNT Championship match. Warlow defeated Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Ernst Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Uh, right Man won. Good, solid match. Had to have Christian in there for ladder match reasons. Um, but yeah, just a solid, entertaining ladder match. And I dare anybody to see find a ladder match that isn't entertaining. But what say you, Kaliko? I say the right guy won, which was because I think the fans were waiting on Warlow to win. Although low key they were won Keith Lee, because I mean, welcome back Keith Lee. Of course. Um, welcome back, welcome back Christian Cage. I mean, these people who have been there, and we are like. Yeah, on milk cartons. We haven't seen him in the match for a spell as well. And that's my point. Like it's, it, that's and that's what I hate about. Well, that's a whole another story for another day. But the right guy won. Solid match. Good ladder match. Everybody got their little turns in, and the right person won. What say you, Drew? Yeah, I agree with Kaliko saying right guy won. Everybody did what they needed to do in the ladder match, and yeah, it was a fun ladder match to watch. Scoot off. It, it, yes, the right man won. In terms of ladder matches, I wasn't blown away by it. Probably because there were too many big men. Nothing against them, but ladder matches are really... They're really all about the spots with the ladders. And while, yeah, big guys can do interesting things with the ladders while, you know, they're not set up. You know, everybody really expects these days more than just having the ladder knocked over and them landing on the ropes and everything and stuff like that. I think this was slightly above average in terms of ladder matches. Uh, how many stars would you rate this match, Kaliko? Uh... Three. A solid three. You always do it. Yeah, three. Scoot off. I would give it a three as well. 
I'll give it three and a half. Alright, we got um, the single a singles match for the AEW TBS Championship. We got Jake Cargill uh, defeating uh, Tate Conte in 6 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, out of all the matches that were on this card, this was the only one not to go double digits. Um, but I feel like that's expected. You knew Conte wasn't taking the title off of Cargill. You kind of knew that this was just kind of uh, essentially the popcorn match um, to get to what we'll talk about in a moment, which was one of the main events of the show. Um, but what say you, Scoodle? This was, yeah, this was cut and paste, basically. Uh, Cargill is generating uh, a lot of momentum. She is uh, increasing her worth with every match, I believe. Um, That being said, I think waiting to see who beats Jade is is the payoff here and that's always an interesting story however when you when you know the opponent is not going to be the one to do that it takes you out of it somewhat so props to Cargill for taking something that was that's that's mediocre on paper and making it look more than mediocre on television. What say you, Drew? Honestly, uh, like you said, James, this was the popcorn match for me. This is I I call these matches the roll up a spliff and do a thing situation so that's what i did uh because i already knew jade was gonna win it didn't matter the time that she wanted in it's just i'm kind of getting tired of the wash rinse repeat with her I, I need to i know she's new to the industry i know she's still a little bit green but i need i don't know if it's a character change i don't know if it's it's just I need maybe I need her to be in a feud where I actually believe that she could lose. Right. To be if, if you if you understand what I'm saying, like the match was fine. It was just like going into it. You already knew that Ty Conti wasn't going to beat her, and it was just eh. It is what it is at the end of the day. Cool. Of course, she's pretty. Her name is Jade. <laughs> cool, we go. Uh, so she got set up, set up, so Ty Conti got set up for the Sonata Slaughter, right? Hey, he won um, the United States Champion, so he didn't get <laughs> And that title is about as, as, as worthless as my freaking pants that I got on. Anywho, I, I get there highlighting her strengths. And, and, and I get what Drew is saying. 
And but my the issue is is that who on that roster has the body physique of Jade that could give Jade a run for her money? Mercy Martinez. Because that's what they're selling. Like, yeah, they're selling the fact that she's cut. And unless it's Mercedes or Nyla, which, I mean, it's a man. But that's a whole nother, you know what I mean? So uh, they're trying to sell the. uh, My answer to that is Paige Vincent. I mean, she just signed her contract, so. But the problem. What I'm asking is, is it an actual I'm going to be on TV every week contract, or is it the Brock Lesnar schedule contract? She, she's, it been, would have to be on TV because she's, she's not with UFC. She, yeah, she's, she was with Bare Knuckle FC. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's been on TV. That's true. She is. She's she's been no she's been on AEW in, over the past with 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 Lambert and and uh, you know and ATT. Cool. Uh, um, but that's a heel girl getting the title from a heel, so that really doesn't work. I feel it needs to be an underdog, you know the Daniel Bryan as the world is against me, so I have to fight it type scenario. Uh, so but what woman on the roster is like that? Peter Avalon. <laughs> Ruby Soho. <laughs> but, uh, but, yes, but Jade has already beaten her. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. She needs some type of feud that I that we can believe that the person she's in a feud with could beat her. Or Ruby, Ruby Soho. It's it's just I'm like like I have nothing against Jade. I think she's probably one of the stars that they have built that nobody knew. Like coming coming out of AEW, her Britt Baker, all the uh, like Darby Allen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I just think, what is the next gear? You know, like it's like she's getting that Goldberg treatment where, yeah, she's smashing through everybody. But what's the next gear? Is she gonna feud with with Britt Baker for her title and beat her? You, you know what I mean? Like where where as James is saying, that's a, a heel taking a title from a heel. It does it doesn't really work. So I don't know what what you do with her going forward. You just keep feeding her Ty Conti and Anna Kay and and Layla Hirsch. Maybe Chris Statlander is the one that takes the belt from her. I don't know. It's just. Could it's be just, Chris. For now, yeah. how many uh, stars do you rate this match? Two. Uh, Two. Two stars. Uh, Scooter. One and a half. Uh, Kaliko. Two. Because Jade's in her own planet right now. So. I rate it. I did not watch. <laughs> Um, CM Punk defeated MJF in a dark column match, 26 minutes and 45 seconds. 
Um, obviously, uh, a, a much anticipated blow up to a rivalry people really enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed it. Um, the match was solid. Uh, maybe went five minutes longer than I would have liked, but other than that, everything made sense. It told the story properly, and of course, CM Punk looked like a million dollars. MJF looked like a chump, and we're all moving on now. Uh, but what say you, Drew? I enjoyed everything about this feud going into this pay-per-view. Even the entrance that we had from CM Punk coming out to his old um, Ring of Honor theme. And to be honest with you, I don't think this feud is over. Because we're one and one. And I think we need the, the blow-off to the blow-off match. If, if this is the end of the feud, well, great. But I think people would want to see more. I think this elevated MJF even more because that's that's one of those guys that this guy is so young, but it's like he knows who the hell he is. And like him or not, he is arguably the best heel in professional wrestling. Like people want to say, oh, it's Roman right now. But I think MJF has hit a a total other gear with with this view with CM Punk. This elevated MJF to that that superstar stratosphere. It keeps Punk where Punk has always been as one of the top guys in professional wrestling. So I'm I'm amazed, but I still want to see more. Just uh, just the selfish wrestling fan that I am. I I want to see more of this feud. All right. What say you, Kalika? I guess I'm the opposite. And here's why. And it's everything that I told you about MJF. He's good on the mic. And then the bell rings. I would believe him more as a heel. If he actually won a feud. The last feud he won was Darby Allen. Other than that, he's been snatching L's like a leprechaun. So until he does something, I can't take him seriously. And what say you, Skittle? This was... It was bloody, it was violent, uh, I loved it, I loved Punk coming out to AFI, uh, evoking that whole Ring of Honor, um, my gripe about this match, aside from it running a little too long, is the fact that they're making that dynamite diamond ring like like it's a like it's a pair of brass knucks and it shouldn't be one punch with that they should not take someone out yeah you know, it's two punches 
you know, if, if they wanted it, they should have made it, you know, it, it should have been a, a diamond glove. <laughs> you know, it's more, you know, more believable than that. I mean, and since MJF's won it three times, uh, shouldn't he have three of them? Have a, a dynamite diamond knuckle duster? Exactly. Hmm. Um, it also makes it made Punk look like he couldn't beat MJF on his own. Hmm. And it was only because of Wardlow that Punk won. Um, I don't think we're going to see uh, the, uh, this again. I don't know what else you could do above a dog collar match and don't say a lights out match because a dog collar match is above a lights out match. Uh, Unless they plan on pulling out that barbed wire exploding death match again. Yay. Then I don't think we're never going to see it. I also don't know how MJF could top that, oh, I'm an asshole because of anti-Semitism and bullying promo. What else? What else can he say that would make CM Punk want to fight him again? And maybe there's an interesting story there on MJF trying to do everything he can to get Punk to fight him again. And maybe off the top of my head, Punk says MJF has to beat Wardlow <laughs> to get a match with him. Uh, but unless they are that smart, and again, if they stop hiring talent left and right, then this is the, uh, the end of the feud for both. I agree with you. I feel like it, uh, you know, MTF has to go on to his warlord uh, rivalry. That should be anticipated as well. I'm um, not sure what Punk is doing right now, but I'm sure it's going to be must-see, so we will see. Until then, Drew, how many stars would you rate this match? Uh, this gets four and a half from me. Kaliko. Storytelling great, 4.75. But my question is, where does MJF go from here, other than Warlow? And if he does get over Warlow, where does he go? Well, he, well, he's not going to get off. He's not going to get off over Warlow. That's clear. Uh, and that's my point. He's got to have a streak at some point, right? He, yeah, it's just going to be you know a brown streak leading out of his pants. Um, the match, yeah. Yeah, four and a half. And, um, good, good storytelling, maybe just a little too long. 
four and a half. Um, AW Women's World Championship match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, defeated Thunder Rosa in 17 minutes and 25 seconds. Um, honestly, <coughs> I feel like uh, AEW did these worlds a little dirty, putting them right after such an anticipated match. Um, you know, kind of making it less important than the match that it, it followed because... You know, obviously everybody was spent cheering on that match, um, making it a little bit less. But um, and then there's the fact that Rick Baker won, which eh, should have been done to Rosa, but and that's my opinion. What say you, uh, Scooter? It absolutely should have been Thunder Rosa winning. There, there was no reason that. There was no reason that it shouldn't have been Thunder Rose's night. Uh, I mean, yes, plus, again, we have the same problem with Jade Cargill, who can now, who can now step up to, to Britt Baker. Uh, Thunder Rosa in the cage next week. And and, and based on everything that's happening, Baker wins that too. You know, it's it seems like they're they're trying to cement Britt Baker. As you know, the greatest female star of AEW, and they're gonna feed her opponent after opponent. What's a Eucalyptus? Did we lose Felico? Right. Nah, my hands were bloody wet. Anyways, I think Brittany Breaker is where MJF should be. So MJF should be women's champion. <laughs> no, in a sense where eventually the heel gets gets the streak and gets their due. And that's where Brit has that edge, right? And and let's let's face it, the the division when it was first incarnated was built to be around Britt Baker. It took longer than it expected to get there, but now we're here. And and she's going to be the face of that division until they find someone who can beat her. But the problem is she didn't already ran up and down that that roster. So who the fuck will beat her? What say you, Drew? I agree with what everybody is saying, but to be honest with you, Thunder Rosa should have won the belt and 
right now, I feel like Britt Baker doesn't even need the title. She's so over when it comes to being one of the top stars in AW, male or female. If she drops the title, it's not going to hurt her. And I think if they're going to the cage, I think maybe this is a time where her little faction starts to turn on her. Maybe it's time for Rebel, don't call me Reba, to turn on her. Screw her out of the title. Some, like, yeah. Something, because we, we're we seeing that with MJF now. He's feuding with the guy that he brought into the promotion. So maybe that's a way we can get the belt off of her, throw it on Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa can have some great matches with, with other people on the card. And then Britt Baker can have her little storyline over with, with people in her faction. That that's 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 what I see. You make a great point there, actually. Um, and you're absolutely right. Brick Breaker is so over a loss, losing the title or a loss at this point doesn't really hurt. That being said, um, Scooter, how many stars? Three and a half, and I think that's being generous. Uh, Calico. There we go. Jesus. Two. And Drew. Two and a half. I'll give it three because I like both roles. But to me, it didn't. It didn't match up to what they did in, like the hardcore match. Right. That 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 was their bar, and they didn't they didn't get a chance to shine. John Moxley defeated Brian Danielson uh, in twenty one minutes and five seconds. Um, I really enjoyed this match until it became just uh, a bloodbath. For, I mean, there was a reason for it, but when you just had a bloodbath two matches prior, it kind of takes away from this one, which the blood was a part of the story, but they could have done with oh, maybe just a little bit less blood would have made it a little bit more better for my taste. But that being said, solid great match by two great guys. What say you, Drew? Um... Yeah, it was a it was a decent match, and I think it's to put the blood was to put over the fact that when Brian said that, or when Moxley said to Brian that for us to team together we gotta bleed together, right. and then Brian said, "Well, just to let you know, you might be the only one that bleeds." That that's what they were playing into, which is great storytelling. Um. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't even see the purpose of this match. To to be honest with you, I just thought they just threw these two guys together, and they said, "Hey, go do go do a match." But who came after the match kind of helped us understand why they are becoming a team down the road. But and Kaliko. Uh, yeah, the the match in itself, people thought it was a dream match. It was, this match was a lot more physical than I, because it started as a match, 
and it ended as like them just wanting to beat the shit out of each other, right? right. So that I think that was the thing. It was kind of like if we can beat each other up like this, think of what we could do to everybody else type of feel. Yeah. Kind of like Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, right? They were beating each other up forever, and it was like, well, shit, if we could whoop each other like this, think what we could do to everybody else. So that's the vibe I got from it. What's that, you Yeah, Yeah, I, I'm with Drew on this, I honestly didn't see, you know, necessarily the reason really for this match. Yes, Moxley won't team with somebody until they bled with him, but given that he teamed with Punk three some odd weeks ago, that makes him a hypocrite, basically. Um... But the fact that William Regal, yep. somebody we, we've said could be of great benefit to AEW, especially now that they own Ring of Honor. Just last week. Um, Does Regal have it in him to be a manager? I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, as for Danielson and Mox coming together as a team... Does AEW really need another team? Quite honestly, this it, it, this almost feels like, uh, yeah, you guys are main event, but we don't have anything for you to do, so we're gonna put you in a team, and any team they go up against now automatically is the odds-on loser. Maybe the exception uh, of Sting and Darby Allen. Maybe the exception of Sting and Darby Allen, and that's probably something they're saving for next year's revolution. Um, Hopefully, it, they will enhance the tag team being the manager for them. Honestly, I don't think so. Because of who Mox and Danielson were before AEW, they didn't need anybody to unify them. They really didn't. Um, the fact that, you know, and they're, they're, Pushing this on the fact that, oh, we all knew each other, well, in the WWE. That's what this is based on. It's, it's not based upon anything that's happening or happened in AEW. Yeah. 
And I think that's what bugs me the most. And, uh, I mean, the William Regal thing, I, I thought it was cool, and I think that it's great that they're using him in a storyline right now. But, um, there has been some issues on Dynamite, well, at least to, in uh, William Regal's mind, there was some timing issues uh, on his promo and whatnot, whether or not useful that that should be an issue on or not. I mean he 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 did go a little long um I don't necessarily know if I can fault him for that the the man the man was tearing up the man was tearing up at friggin Tony Schiavone um so Also, I don't. I don't think Regal is one of that guy. One of the guys that really needs to get on a mic and explain himself. Oh, absolutely not. But what uh, do you have to say about that, Lico? Anything you want to add to that? I think there was some news that he's like dealing with health issues right now. He he he. Uh, he put those rumors to bed. Thank God, because, uh, okay, I was about to he, say, man, because... He did say on in the Dynamite uh, promo that he doesn't have too much time left in his life, so... Well, well, I he was spe- he was speaking in general. He wasn't being, you know, literal. Probably thinking, like, he got more days, uh, more days behind him in wrestling than he does ahead, <laughs> which I get it. Quickly, um, cool to see William Regal, but I think it's a poor usage of William Regal. I don't think he needs to be a manager. I think he needs to be part of the booking or a commentator for the for whatever they're trying to do with Ring of Honor going forward. Personally, I think he's better as a general manager because fuck, he'll put some order in that shit. It feels helter skelter sometimes. Oh, for sure. Um, all right, Moxley, uh, Danielson, uh, how many stars do? Uh, solid three and a half. Calico. Ditto, three and a half, just because of the physica- physicality. Scoodle. I am going to say, I'm going to say, you know what? I'll I'll be generous and I'll give it four. I'll uh, give it four as well. All right, uh, we got Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting defeating Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy, uh, with Jose the assistant in thirteen minutes and twenty seconds. Uh, my question is, why the fuck wasn't this just Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara? I mean, honestly, uh, you know, no offense to Sammy Guevara, but Scorpio Sky should have had that title a year ago when he won the the ladder match and was the face of the revolution back then. Uh, And this was basically just to get Darby and Andrade on the show, essentially. 
No, just Coleco. It seems that way, but I mean, Sting jumped, do, do, took a dive onto the table, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, he a little too old to be doing that shit, boy. He better calm the fuck down, cause cause gravity will pull his ass faster than he was at fifty at fifty three than he was at twenty three. But eh, but I guess it was just for that to get those cool moments like that. I I really don't see the story implication of it. But, you know, just a filler. Oh, true. Cool to see Sting diving at 62 years old off of a scaffold through a table. But it was a filler match. Like, it was just time filler. Time for you to go to the washroom, get yourself your snack, because the main event was coming up. So, I storyline-wise, couldn't care less about the Hardy family office. I think that whole faction was is a bunch of crap. I think they were just throwing people together just to make a faction and then adding Andrade. And I really, to be honest with you, one to me personally, Andrade has been one of the worst signings for AEW, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's only there for if the person that he's engaged to becomes available in the future, possibly, if that ever happens. And if that ever would not happen, then, you know, he's got They're no longer engaged. But that's a- so that... No, they're that back part- engaged. They're back on engaged. Yeah, really? Together. I was yeah. about to say, because... They should. Mm-hmm. They should. They should rename him. Rename him Andrade Del Rio. <laughs> maybe. Maybe her. Maybe now. Nah, don't do that because Paige will fight him. Fight her for him. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Yeah. And then you know, obviously, we got Jeff Hardy coming on the next. Uh. Uh. The Wednesday following this. Um. Another WWE guy that maybe the. Uh, AEW somehow hired, but your thoughts, Guru? Hey, at least they didn't have to pay for his music. Oh, they did. Nope. Uh, Jeff Hardy's the, the Hardy Boys theme was one theme that was never WWE produced, based on the fact that I have heard it in several porno films. Um, it was it was even. In several porn films years and years ago, I should say. Uh, plus, it was used on the uh, season premiere of The Masked Singer this past Wednesday. Alright. That being said, break the match. Uh, two stars. I mean, we all remember what happened last time Sting was in the ring with a Hardy brother. Uh, and, uh, I'm not sure which was better. Uh, Joe. Did not watch. Okay, and Coleco. Wish I didn't watch. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll give it two stars. Simply for the respect of Sting, doing a bump he didn't necessarily have to do. 
right, he keep on. He gonna be fucking around talking with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, he's gonna be stung. <laughs> and the main event, the last match, Hangman Page, Adam Page defeated Adam Cole uh, for the AEW World Championship match in 25 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, this was a, a match Adam Page had to have. It was a match he needed to have. Um, first really significant win of his title reign. Uh, you know, just a solid match that shows that he's the champion. There were some odds against him, but he overcame, and he was the babyface um, champion that people knew he could be, which I don't think we really saw until this match came on. Uh, what say you, Scooter? Well, my prediction was right. Adam won. Yes. Uh, and like I said before, if you're actually expecting Adam Cole to get a ring with the AEW World Championship, <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I would like to know what you're smoking and give me some of that, please. Um, nevertheless, Adam Cole is a great opponent, uh, for Adam Page. This was... A solid, solid match from top to bottom. However, at no point did I believe Adam Page was in danger of losing his title. What's that, YouTube? I agree 100% with what my boy Scooter just said. Um... I just think we're gonna the feud is gonna continue and I think going down the road it's all of this is setting up for a big the elite and Adam Cole's people going up against each other when Kenny Omega comes back. I think throwing Adam Cole in the title picture was something to get um to to elevate um um hangman page. And it did its job. The match was solid, and yeah. All right. And <sighs> My question... I always think, where where does... My question always be, like, after the bell, then what? Because we know where Adam Cole's going. But Adam Page... They're, they're going to have to start lining up some people who we really think could question his reign because Adam Cole, we knew he wasn't going to win because he just got there. Like it, That would have been a shock. It, it shocked me. It sh- shocked but not shocked me that Paige won. Right? So that's why I think he just... They need to bring up some some more challengers for them. All right, and uh, how many stars do you give this? Three and a half. Good match, but I knew what was going to happen. Good. Four, four stars. Scooter. I will, I will give it four as well. It was a solid, solid match. And I'll give it four and a half. 
Alright, all that being said, the pit preview as a whole, uh, Scooter, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I think, I think we could give it a thumbs up. Drew. Thumbs up. Calico. Thumbs up. On a Tuesday. Four thumbs up here. That'll conclude our coverage of, um, AEW Revolution. Uh, if you like football, um, and that'll conclude the show as a whole as well. Uh, thank you so much for coming back on and, uh, talking wrestling with us, Drew. Ah, anytime, man, anytime, you know, hopefully spring has sprung here in Canada and we can get rid of this damn snow. Tired of seeing white stuff on my car in the morning time. But it's always fun to talk professional wrestling with some guys from the great southern region of the world. Sorry I left that blow on your car. (laughs) That's why the cops are trying to pull me over. uh, I mean, I don't know how South New York is considered to Canada. I mean, yeah, it's South, but eh, whatever. (laughs) And you don't have, you, uh, you can't just not listen to Drew on Wrestling with Entertainment. Where can we also uh, listen to Drew and the Grateful Yardy Podcast? Grateful Yardy Podcast is available wherever you get your favorite podcast. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and many other places. So just type in the Grateful Yardy Podcast. Take a listen. I'm not there all the time because I do have a full-time job. So when I do post some stuff, it's usually when things are really on my mind and I really want to get some things off my chest, like my last episode talking about the strike that ended with the baseball. Yeah, the baseball strike that now has finally ended. I talked about how I hated the fact that baseball was on strike. And then I gave my my little thoughts about professional wrestling as usual, but Great Friary Podcast is available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hi, and if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, but on YouTube and CastBox, of course, this was sponsored by Rogue Energy and Tailwind Coffee. Uh, join us this Wednesday as we interview Big Juicy. Uh, and you can follow the show at Wrestling with Ethan on Twitter and Instagram for all your wrestling with memes. And uh, you can follow me, of course, at JamesG993. Uh, Drew, where can we find you on social media? DWrestling99 on Twitter and Drew underscore Wrestling99 on Instagram. Coleco. I am Coleco as Coleco does Dallas. And Scooter. Find me on Twitter, at ScooterDust. Find me on the remix, along with James, now coming to YouTube with WrestleMania. And, of course, find me and all my Twitch exploits as part of the Smoking Dragons channel, along with Rico Constantino Jr. at twitch.tv backslash Smoking Dragons. Hey, I'm a special guest, Drew, Calico Yacht, ScooterDust. I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling With... Entertainment. Hey guys, this is Brutal Bob Evans from Hangs with Bob Seminars and TheWrestleLife.com, and you are listening 
to Wrestling with Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. Hey, folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Enjoy the show. Support these guys. We appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.